Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we provide insights and visibility into products and solutions across the Cisco portfolio and trending topics across our industry. If you like our podcast, please follow us and feel free to share your favorite episodes with your colleagues and friends. And if you have any thoughts or comments on what we should cover in a future episode, please let us know on Twitter at, at Cisco champion. All right, on to today's topic. If you have a Cisco certification or pursuing a Cisco certification or looking to renew a Cisco certification, you'll want to stay tuned for this episode. We have with us Anna Rubin, our expert on all things related to the Cisco certification process. And we also have three amazing Cisco champions who are going to uncover what you need to know, but also they'll be sharing their experiences with the process itself and perhaps give you some advice on how you can better prepare. Alrighty, we're gonna get started with introductions. Um, Bill, I'm gonna start with you. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, hi, my name is uh, Bill Mashi. I'm a senior network engineer at Iridium Communications. I currently have a CCNP Enterprise and I'm studying for the CCIE. You can find me on Twitter at BillVer3. Awesome. Micheline, you're up next, what do you do? Hi, this is Micheline Murphy. I'm a uh, consulting systems engineer focusing in networking at Worldwide Technology. Uh, I have the old CCNP in route switch, uh, the CCDP, which are both going to be retired. And then I have the new CCNP in enterprise and the CCNP in data center. Um, I also uh, sit on the uh, Cisco exam board for... Um, the CCNP and data center, and I provide exam questions for the ACI uh, specialization exam and the ACI advanced specialization exam. You're a busy lady. I am busy. All right, Mike. Uh, uh, yeah. What have you been up to? What are you pursuing? <laughs> what do you have? Oh, uh, right now I'm going after my enterprise wireless implementation, but uh, I have my CCNP route switch from, yeah, like, six years ago or something along those lines. So I've recertified that one once before. Um, I also have my enterprise wireless design completed. And so, yeah, like I said, uh, working on the implementation now. Um, I'm a wireless engineer for Common Spirit Health, a big healthcare provider here in the United States. And that's me. All right, Anna, that leaves you. Thank you for being with us today. Um, can you tell us more about who you are and what you do at Cisco? Sure, I'm Anna Rubin and I manage our CCNA and CCMP programs here at Cisco. So I like to say all things certification from designing the blueprints to developing the exam to maintaining the exam and really working closely with subject matter experts around the globe like these on the call today and most of you listening who are out there in the field practicing. Our certifications are for you and so it's always a pleasure to, to engage with you and to hear back from you and really keep my keep myself in the middle of what's happening in the industry so that our certifications remain relevant to what you're doing out there. Right, Anna, so my, uh, my first question for you is, uh, let's say I hold a current CCNA or a CCNP. Can you let us know why maintaining that certification is important? Well, sure. Um, the first and main reason that you need to keep your certification is because you spend so much time and effort and resources to, to earn it. 
And when you did that, it became um, a distinguisher for you in the marketplace. Really a mark to show these are the knowledge and skills that I have. These are the tasks that I can perform um, in the workplace. And you really earned it and need to maintain it just because you spent so much time to get it. Why lose it? But from a real practical standpoint as well, anytime you earn a certification for any profession, it represents a moment in time in which you have the knowledge and skills needed to earn that certification. But as you all know, our careers are growing and continuing, and so is the technology that that, um, we use. So the goal is that you're continuing to learn as you continue to work. And so that process of continuing to maintain your technical knowledge, your the relevance to understand um, how things are growing and shifting, new things that are coming in, new ways of doing things, um, the latest and greatest. Your employers, your colleagues, and I know you yourself, expect to, to stay on top of that. And so as you continue to grow and, and maintain your knowledge, that's how you're going to continue to remain and keep your certification current. So I don't see it as a moment in time. I see it as a starting place. And then I see it as continuing all the way through your your career. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, yeah, I agree with that. I think um, one, one of the big things that I like about the certification process is it does provide a, a guided learning process as you're learning new technologies, as, as things are changing constantly, you know. I think it's a pretty pretty good way to go about uh, picking up the new technologies, especially as stuff is advancing. Well, and I guess that question kind of, I'd love to hear your perspectives on you're out there in the field with your certification. Why do you maintain it? Why do you think it's important for, for you personally? Well, for, for me personally, I know, you know, this is my second career. I'm at the beginning of my IT career. So I used the Cisco certs as a, um, as a way to just get into the industry and as a kind of a roadmap to, to learning um, all about um, about networking and, you know, and to break into this industry. And so uh, for me, it was a great way to open the door to have a conversation with a hiring manager, uh, given that I didn't have any experience um, when we started. Yeah, and I think like, you know, it, the fact of the matter is too, a lot of times when you're trying to progress in your career, let's say you're a knock technician with a CCNA and you're looking to kind of move up to a junior engineer, um, a lot of times you're actually having to re-enter the workforce, you know, or the marketplace, the job marketplace, looking for a promotion outside of your org, which, you know, I think we all know as as people in the IT industry, that kind of seems to be the, the, the trajectory. So being able to go out and then get your CCNP to prove, you know, to the next possible place of employment that, you know, yeah, I do have the chops, even though, you know, I might have been being knock tech right now. I can do engineering. No, and that does remind me, um, we do see really strong trends of people growing from their CCNA to their CCMP to their CCIE. Um, even though you don't have to start, um, those prerequisites have been removed, so you can jump in at whatever level you're, you feel you're ready for. The vast majority do take that full path, and they start out at the associate level and move all the way to the expert. And I know they use maintaining their certification and especially with this continuing education option which I'm so excited to talk about because as you're growing in your career you're you're naturally using those same 
continuing education opportunity to maintain your certification. So it just seems like a natural flow. So Anna, uh, just out of curiosity's sake, so you mentioned just recertifying and the new CE credits. Um, talk to us a little bit about the, you know, the process of getting CE credits and what are they and how many do I need and asking oh, sure. for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> so on our webpage, if you go to cisco.com, I would recommend you go into the search bar and you just type in continuing education program. And there is a single website. It, it falls right off of our certification page that really explains in, in detail all that you need to do and know. And, and, it, and they're sort of jumping points from that page to all of the instruments and programs that you're going to use to maintain your certification. But in, in a nutshell, your certification is valid for three years. And during that three years, you can recertify by taking an exam. So if you take an exam, um, if you're at the associate level, then any, any of the, the associate exam itself or um, another associate, we have our cyber ops associate and our DevNet associate, so any of the associate exams or any of the professional or expert exams, that will automatically renew your certification. At the CCMP level or the professional level, you will need to take either a core exam or two concentrations. And at the CCIE level, you will either need to take the CCDE written exam, that's the one written exam that will fully recertify you, or you can take a combination of um, core and concentrations to, to recertify. But on a, um, if you think about it as an equivalency, there's a set number of continuing education points that you need to recertify. At the associate level, it's 30. At the professional level, it's 80. And at the expert level, it's 120. So if you think about it, you can do just exams, or you can do just continuing education, or you can do a combination of both. And so even though um, there's not a one-to-one equivalency, if you think about it, if, you, if you're at the professional level and you have to take two concentrations, then that's kind of the equivalent of, you know, 40 points each if you think about it when you're combining them. So if you took one of the concentration exams and then earned 40 continuing education points, that would give you the 80 essentially that you needed to recertify. Does that make sense? I hope I'm not confusing it for everybody. Yeah, no, that definitely does. I mean, when I recertified the last time around, I had uh, sat through a a week-long course with one of Cisco's um, authorized partners and got 40 credits on, it was in an ICE class. Um, And then when I did my uh, wireless design, that is what kicked that CCMP into renewal at that point. Right, right. So So you took that course that gave you 40 points, and then you took one concentration exam, which um, gave you the extra that you needed to equal that recertification point. Would you mind discussing, so like, let's say I, I get enough continuing education credits or I take a test and it it takes me above that threshold. How long does that? How much does that add to my certification expiration date? Or how long is the? Um... No, I see what you're saying, Bill, and that um, 
Actually, this is a really good, I'm glad you brought this up. One of the things that changed when we um, launched our new portfolio in February of 2020 was that everything, everything has always had a three-year um, lifespan. So the it's valid for three years. But now it's still valid for three years. But when you recertify, the, the, the date you become eligible for recertification becomes your recertification date. So here's an example. Um, say I got certified in January 2022. So my certification is valid until January 2025. Okay. So in January of 2025, I took a core exam and I passed it on January the 2nd, then I would be recertified on January the 2nd for three more years. But if I took that core exam on January 2nd, 2023, then I would be recertified on January 2nd, 2023 for three more years past that. So my new expiration date would be 2026. So basically what you're saying is that that you should take that last credit as close to the your expiration date as possible so you can maximize your uh i guess your shelf life is the right way to put it well and 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 you touch on a really good point um if you're using continuing education to recertify then think about it as i need 80 credits to recertify my my ccmp or 30 to recertify my associate or 120 my expert so if I divide that total amount by three years, that's how many continuing education credits I should aim to get per year. And then if you think about continuing education as just continuing to learn every year, then if you took one course every year that counted anywhere between you know 20 to, to 40 points based on what level of certification you have, then naturally every three years your um, certification would automatically renew just as a part of continual learning. Okay, so that should should happen, could happen very naturally and it's not like you're waiting to the very last minute and cramming everything in that last right. month. Okay, and people do that. And I think I know a lot, yeah, I was going to say, I think I know a lot of people who are, Oh, I need to recertify in three months. Holy cow. <laughs> I think uh, yeah, we're all, no, we're all laughing right. at each other because, you know, that happens a lot to people. Could you talk to us a little bit about, you know, for folks who are going to recert by taking an exam, you know, what they should expect in terms of a time commit and, you know, what what's kind of safe? Sure, you know? sure. Okay, so if you're doing it with an exam... Um, most likely you're going to choose an exam other than the ones that you took to recertify. Now, you don't have to, but, um, you know, if you're continuing to grow yourself professionally, then that's the reason we have all these concentrations. So you may have certified, say, in the security space. You may have used the security core and then ICE um, to earn your certification. So maybe you want to take Firepower and VPN to renew your certification. Or maybe you want to move to a, another area and maybe in the enterprise space and focus on SD-WAN. Or maybe 
moving into the automation space in our DevNet programs and taking security automation or the DevNet associate um, to really continue to, to learn because automation is where everything's moving. Um, so I think I would look at where I wanted to go. I'd look at what our portfolio is with all of our certification programs across all of our architectures, and I'd sort of plot out my path. And then I would determine, I'd look at the blueprints for those exams. And those blueprints are available online when you go to the um, website for each of the certification programs. You just look at the exam topics. And what it lists are these tasks. Each blueprint is just a set of, of tasks a person has to perform in that in that um, job role. And so I'd look through them and I'd say, are, are these things I can do? And I'd look, and they're going to be some that are easy. Describe this, describe that. You know how to do that. Then there are going to be some that are implement or apply or maybe troubleshoot. And that's a higher level of knowledge. So you may sort of decide how easy is this going to be for me? How how much do I need to study? How much, what do I need to do to prepare? That's an individual choice. That could happen in, um, you know, if you're pretty ready and there's just one or two topics, go on our webpage and type in those topics and you'll probably find a study guide or somebody doing a webinar or a PowerPoint presentation on those exact topics that you could gather and sort of deep dive on pretty quickly. Um, but based on that, I'd, I'd always take, if I had to take an exam, I would always take it at least three months before my my certification expires. I think when you push it closer, there's so many opportunities for surprises. So plan on doing it at least three months beforehand. So that way, if you pass, wonderful. But if you don't pass, then it gives you time to, to sort of regroup and dive a little bit deeper into some of those topics and retake your exam. There's nothing worse and I, and I hear these stories more than I'd like where I'll get a, an email or I'll see something come across a, a blog or a, um, you know, a webpage where someone's talking about, oh my God, I, I thought I was going to pass this exam. My certification expires in you know, a week and I failed this test. And there's this panic. And I feel it. I feel it. And it, it, um, we've all been there. We've all done it. And we always say, oh, we're never going to do that again. But, you know, life happens, work happens. Um, and some of so, us are procrastinators. Well, yes. And, you know, <laughs> so, so it's a planning vicious cycle. ahead. It is. Planning ahead is always the key. But if you catch yourself in a bind, um, you know, I say go for something easy that you're pretty sure you've mastered already. Is, is there any kind of grace period? So beyond your expiration date, do you have any time to like? There's like, not. Okay. There's not. And don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> so we keep talking about, you know, expiration dates, keeping track of CEs or what I need to uh, extend my certification. Is there anywhere I can go to to check like progress on my certification or how many CEs I need or just what I need to do to, to make sure my, my CCMP or my CCNA doesn't expire? Absolutely. Okay, two places. CE.Cisco.com. That is the continuing education portal. Everyone who has a certification can log into that portal and that's where you're going to enter in your continuing education activities. So you enter them in, they get tracked there, they get stored there. And if you are using continuing education 
to recertify, then the minute you enter in your 90th, your 80th hour, or your 120th hour, or your first for the associate level, your 30th hour, the minute you enter in and that event, and you can you have only have three months after the events occurred to enter it in. So after you enter in that event, then it, your recertification is automatically triggered. There's no fee you have to pay. There's no buttons you have to push. The system is tracking that. So once you enter in that last qualifying event that gives you the number of hours you need, you'll automatically be recertified. Um, if you, we, you each also have an account with what's called CertMetrics. So that's CertMetrics.com. That's where you go to look at your profile. So that's where you would go to update your address, to see how many exams you've taken, to get you know extra school reports, to find out when your certifications were awarded and when they expire. That's your main um, record. So you'll be able to see, now we're working on connecting these two, and that should happen relatively quickly, but we're not there yet. So those two systems are not connected yet. Um, but that's where you'll monitor exams that you've taken and exams that you've passed. Now, I want to touch on something you said. Um, you have to enter in your, your CEs. So just to clarify for everybody, that's not something that automatically happens when you complete a, a course. Well, now, now, now you're making me share some dirty laundry. <laughs> not really. But um, we are still working on automating our continuing education program. So we've got a lot that's working behind the scenes. We're expanding the continuing education port, um, portfolio um, catalog. And so that's where we've put our, that's where we've put our initial energy is to get that catalog as robust as we can so that you'll have as many options available for um continuing education. And in parallel, um, we're also trying to automate the process and connect all of our systems together. So we're not quite there yet. So in the future, when you attend Cisco Live and swipe your badge, that should those sessions should automatically, and they will automatically populate into your, um, your sort of account. And when you take courses, the instructor will ideally be able to enter in um, the attendees and that that'll be populated into your account automatically and that this will sort of take care of itself. But right now, that is not the case. So you are responsible for going into that portal, ce.cisco.com, and entering in your um, continuing education activities, whether that's attending Cisco Live, whether that's taking a training course that's in the catalog, whether that's participating in um, the exam advisory group, you have to make that initial entry. And then it gets verified and validated and awarded on the back end, but you have to take that first step. Um, to kind of continue on with this, the, the CE stuff, where do we see what classes are valid? Um, and, you know, because there's, there's third-party stuff that can be valid and some of it's not. There's online Cisco digital learning stuff that's valid and not. How do we, how do we know that we're, um, or how do we make sure we're taking a, a class or seeing a session that's actually going to count towards uh, recertification? Oh, you're exactly right, Mike. There would be nothing worse than taking a course 
thinking that it was getting you credit and it's not. So on our website, again, I'd go to the main website, cisco.com, and on our section that focuses on on certification and training, um, there's the continuing education program page. So you could go to the main page and just type in continuing education program, or you could type in CCMP certifications. It's going to take you to that main certification page, and from that, you're going to find the continuing education page. On that page, there's a link to the continuing education portal. There's a link to certain metrics. There's um, lists of what are the requirements for certification. There's also a link there to the continuing education catalog. Always go back to, to that link from our website because we are continually adding in new programs to that catalog. But in that catalog, it will tell you exactly what courses are available for continuing education credit and how many points you're going to get. And it will also give you the link to actually go directly to that course. One thing I was also thinking about, um, we often get asked, you know, are these, is there anything for free in that catalog? And we are working on adding as many things that are available for free or low cost as we can. The majority of things in our continuing education catalog are um, instructor-led courses or um, online courses that do have a fee associated with them. But there are some that are free. I know our SD-WAN mastery courses are free. There's a Zero Trust workshop that's free. Um, so continue to look on there and see what's available um, that you could actually consume for free and, and continue to maintain your, your expertise. So I kind of want to um, loop back to something that you had mentioned a little bit earlier on when you were talking about recertifying through the exam process. Um, there was a shift in how Cisco certified you at the professional level back with that refresh in, what was it, 2020, I think, or end of 2019. So you mentioned how, let's say you're uh, CCMP security, and then you're looking to recertify, and uh, you go outside of that security core, and you go maybe to enterprise core, and you take a specialist exam over there. So in the past, if like, let's say I was a CCMP security, and I went and took route, well, that was nothing for me. I just had route. And until I was completed switch and T-shoot, I didn't have that CCMP route switch. Now, right, though, right. talk to us about um, what's changed there. Like what, what uh, going outside of your core and into another area, what, sure. uh, what benefits do we have? Okay, so when we redesigned our portfolio in 2020, the biggest change, well, we did away with the prerequisites. And this was all feedback from our customers through the years who had said, here's what we need. Um, the prerequisites were being were creating a burden. So instead of forcing those, we removed those um, to allow you to enter in at any point. But we also had heard a lot from our customers that it was sort of all or nothing. So if you were going to get your CCMP security, you had to take, you know, three exams. And maybe it would take you a year, maybe it would take you two years. But until you passed all three exams, you had nothing to show for what you had done. And that that was frustrating. And that it would, having some kind of recognition of the steps along the journey, something that would give you value for your current job or a way to demonstrate what you're doing. So we decided, and also the other thing, let me just say, was that it, it stopped being a one-size-fits-all. The way technology was changing, 
there was a, a, a set of, a, you know, a core knowledge within each of our architectures that was critical, regardless of how you practiced or where you practiced your, your um, as a network engineer. But that then there were other things that some people were going the design route, others were going more implementation and troubleshooting. Some people were specializing on certain products and and solutions, while others were moving more towards a, a holistic view. And so our customers wanted some choices, choices to customize their certification to meet their needs or their future goals. So we launched the portfolio so that you could make selections. So at the CCNA level, there's only one exam um, because we found that, that our customers really weren't, that can't, people weren't specializing until they got to that professional level that that entry in was very similar for most. So we have one CCNA, and then when you go to the CCMP level or the professional level, because we've also expanded to CyberOps and to DevNet, um, you everyone has to take the core. There's a single core exam. It's a large exam. It's a heavy exam. But then after you take that core exam, you can choose one concentration. And there's a variety of choices in each of our architectures. So if you take, if you're going for your CCMP enterprise, then the first time around, you have to take the enterprise core and a concentration in the enterprise track. And that's the same with everything. So there are three, four, five, sometimes six concentrations available in each of the, in each of the architectures. So you can choose what, what's best for you. In, in enterprise, you may want to go design. You may want to do advanced routing. You may want to do SD-WAN. Um, you may want to do wireless implementation. You could also do enterprise automation. So there's a lot of choices, and you can choose one of those. So once you've taken your core and your concentration, then you earn your CCMP. But ideally, then, that gives you a lot of opportunities when you go to recertify to look at what's available in those concentrations and say, hey, I think I'm going to focus on some SD-WAN or I'm going to jump over to another architecture, security, and I'm going to look at firepower. Or maybe ACI is important, so I'm going over to my data center track. Or maybe I want to learn about um, DevOps, and so I'm going over to the DevNet track. And you can mix and match those uh, exams to earn your recertification. And every time you pass an exam, whatever the exam is, you will earn a specialist uh, badge that represents that specialty. So if you take the ACI exam, you will earn an ACI badge. If you take the um, enterprise automation exam, you will earn an automation, an enterprise automation badge. So that gives you ways to display all of these specialty knowledges that of these specialty areas that you have and you gather um, as you grow professionally and expand your skill set, it gives you an opportunity to really display that and demonstrate that with these different specialist certifications. So it's sort of checking a bunch of boxes. You're getting recertified. You're demonstrating specialized knowledge in certain areas. You're growing yourself professionally. And you're also sort of setting yourself up for the next level because essentially by the time you've taken all the concentrations within a certain architecture, you're pretty much ready to move to the CCIE level. I actually have a question. So I think we established that everyone here has probably recertified a Cisco cert at some point. Um, any advice on your studying path 
any best practices? Like what is, what is your approach to the process? Well, while they're getting their thoughts together, let me say, um, be sure to go to the website and look at under each of the certification programs where you go to the CCMP Enterprise or the CCMP Data Center. There's a top menu bar that shows resources, training resources, webinars, blogs. Um, There's a lot of links to things that are free. So take advantage of that. Um, There's those pages are laid out sort of aligned to the way the blueprint is laid out. So each of those topics, you could click down and it would show you there. Here's six videos on this topic or here's a presentation on this topic that give you the chance to really study for free and, and gather little bits of knowledge along the way as you, as you learn. So if you're, if you have a little bit of time and you want to do it, some self-study, be sure to keep coming back to the website and looking at what those resources are, because I think a lot of times we don't realize how many we put on there that are topic based. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, like my, uh, yes, I am. My, my recertification process, I mean, like in the past was like, oh, you know, go sit for T-shoot again. But now, you know, with the continuing education, it, it's opened up quite a bit, you know, like as I'm, I'm a wireless guy. Right. So as the new Catalyst controllers came out, you know, we we ponied up, we got some 9800 controller training. And so that counted towards CEs and now, you know, pushing into the wireless design and implementation. That's, you know, it's split between AeroS and, and Catalyst. But um, my the way I kind of go about it now is by, you know, looking at the the challenges that I have on a daily basis and, and going out there and getting that training and learning, you know, where, you know, I need to kind of bolster my skill set in order to, you know, bring more as an engineer to my uh, organization. That's a very practical approach. Makes sense. Yeah, I know. I know for myself, um, at one point I had an all access Cisco digital learning subscription. And this is before I even knew about uh, continuing education credits. And when I saw what I had available, I was like a, a kid in a candy store. I was like, I think I had like 15 different courses open and I was going through it. And it was almost like information overload, but it was such a great resource for me because especially starting in a new position as it was at the time, there were so many things I needed to learn and so many things that I just, there was a gap in my knowledge base. So I know that platform was great, um, but I had to go out there and say, okay, I need, I need to learn more about this. Where's the best place to do it? And at the time, it was the, the digital learning library. Um, and then once I started learning about the continuing education credits and how if I finished that course, took the tests, and then submitted it, not only was I learning more for my job, uh, I was also in the process of extending my certification. So I think that's a great place to start too. And then there's always... Uh, if you're going for a certification, the blueprint tells you exactly what you need to learn for that certification. So maybe put that into like an Excel document or something and just start making your notes and, and checking off items on the on the blueprint. Yeah, I know for, for me, when I certify, recertified the first time, I did it by just taking a different exam and, uh, uh, and going after a different cert. Uh, and I did that um, a couple times. Uh, this time around, I'm, I'm in the research process and I'm actually, I, I know Anna, you mentioned it once and it's, it's a path that is rarely used, which is to write exam questions. Uh, so I'm going to be writing exam questions for the, um, 
well, for the exams that I'm already writing exam questions for. So, <laughs> but uh, I'll let you know how that goes because I know that's a that's a path that's that's kind of the rarely taken one. Sure, um, we do. All of our exams are developed um, by subject matter experts that are out in the field practicing. So people like you that sort of write questions along the way and help us populate our item banks with, with real-world um, relevance. Um, it's definitely something that's sort of a, a year-long commitment where you're going to commit to being a part of an exam advisory group and writing questions and reviewing questions and, and working with other subject matter experts along the way. It is a wonderful thing to do for a year or two, um, just sort of paying it forward, so to speak. And if you're interested, there's also information on the website about how you sort of submit an, an application to be a part of that. It's not very cumbersome, um, but it is a good way to stay involved and also maintain your certification. And the other thing I wanted to re- remind everyone of was Cisco Live. You know, it used to be in the past, um, there were limits on how many um, continuing education credits you get for Cisco Live. There aren't any. So you can attend Cisco Live every year and attend some of the breakout sessions, those technical breakout sessions or the technical seminars or labs. And um, that will count as continuing education credits. So you can get up to to 10 credits for an event. Um, Not an event, a session. If you go to a, say, an eight-hour tectorial session, seminar, you can get, you know, eight to 10 points based on what level it is. Or just a a single technical breakout, you can get one to three points based on what level that is. So if you attend Cisco Live already um, or never have and want to, be sure to, to track what you attend so that you can enter that in and get credit for it. All right. I think we're getting ready to, to wrap up. Um, Anna, any last comments or anything that we didn't cover that you're hoping our listeners um, will walk away with knowing? So there are a lot of people who are coming up for recertification because during um, the pandemic, we offered extensions to, a, um, to all of our to all of our candidates who are already certified, all of our certification recipients. And so there have been a lot of um, extensions offered, and and, and we were so happy to be able to do that because of the crazy times that we were in and the availability of training or opportunities um, were very limited. So now that that's over and a lot of those um, extensions are coming to an end, I just encourage you not to have been lulled into a – comfort zone where you're not continuing your education and not continuing to maintain your certification. Don't let it expire. You really worked so hard to earn it. And it's relatively um, straightforward. I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's it's not as difficult as you think. Don't be intimidated by it. Jump in, look at what's available, look at what you need to do to get recertified, and feel free to reach out to any one of us on this call to, to talk about that more to if there are ways we can help you. Um, I know just reach out to our customer service line and that'll get routed back to someone who can really help look at where you are and help you maintain your certification. Because you've earned it, you should keep it. We don't we don't want to see you lose it. Great advice. All right. To our listeners, if you want more information on today's topic or you want links to some of those sites that were mentioned, 
just check out the description below. And of course, this is your weekly reminder. You can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on your, our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to click on that subscribe or follow button now. Thank you for listening in. See you again next week. Thank <laughs> you.